Our Easter Gospel according to the witness of St. Matthew, the 28th chapter, beginning at the first verse. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly. And tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Amen. I want to welcome all of you again to this Easter celebration. It's good to be here with every single one of you. I thank the Lord that you made the spirit-led decision to be here now to celebrate the resurrection. To the faithful and generous members of this congregation who live and serve continually in the power of the resurrection, I am so grateful to be counted among you as one of the Lord's servants in this congregation. To those of you who've never been here before, I hope and I pray that God will touch your hearts and minds in fresh new ways as we hear this, uh, this Easter gospel. And to those of you who live around here and have no home church, I pray that you will feel welcome in our midst because you really are welcome. And I hope that you'll consider becoming part of this community of faith and join us just like the other people did at the start of the service. I don't think I need to tell you that words have power. Words have meaning. Words can be evocative. They can evoke strong reactions and strong emotions in us all. Uh, A word can bring back an old memory. It can make it alive. Words can bring uh, new images to the forefront that we never really thought of before. And it doesn't take a lot of words to do this. It can be done in an economy of words. Three words will do it. Words like this, notre dame cathedral. Now, you probably didn't think about that cathedral in France very much, did you, before April 15th. But now you have an image that will be with you for the rest of your life, the the flames, the falling spire. And speaking of April 15th, here are three other words that can stir up all kinds of emotion in us. (laughs) Internal revenue service, I hope that's going well for you. 
Three little words can make us smile. They can even make us angry and agitated. And if you want the preacher to prove it, so I will. Depending on which side of the political aisle to which you lean, three little words can evoke strong reactions. President Donald Trump. And because I'm an equal opportunity preacher, let me say President Barack Obama. And right now you know exactly how you're feeling. I was surprised recently to see the joy and exuberance of so many people, including members of this congregation, who on social media were just um, giddy. Because HBO announced, you know, the premiere of the final season of a popular program, and some of you know what that is. And three words, Game of Thrones. Raise your hand if you know who you are. Now, you're ashamed to do it, aren't you? <laughs> Right now, many parents and grandparents are getting, as uh, it's been said, a little verklempt, a little emotional uh, as they think about sons and daughters about to leave home. Three words put a lump in their throats and tears in their eyes. High school graduation. (laughs) And some words only makes sense in certain places. If you get too far away from the right place, people will have no idea what your words mean. Just ask your server to bring out some of this with your hamburger in Nebraska or to put a little on your pizza in New York, and they won't even know what you're talking about. And of course, I'm talking about those three beloved words, hatch, green, chili. Words have meaning, words have power, and words remind us of God's great love and mercy. Words many of us heard on Friday, Good Friday, as in his dying, Jesus spoke from the cross. Words like, Behold your son, I am thirsty. It is finished. And here you are in this place at this time because of three words. Uh, Three words that declare the truth, the truth that changed the world. Words that have power to change us. And those words are, He is risen. Say them with me. He is risen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. But in order for Jesus to be risen, He must have been put down. He must have been lowered. And indeed, he was lowered from the cross upon which he died, lowered and put into a tomb. But that tomb could not hold him. He is risen, but we cannot celebrate the fullness of this this marvelous news, this resurrection, unless we also remember that he was betrayed. He was tortured, he was condemned, he was mocked, he was crucified, he was buried. And only when we remember those things about Jesus do the words, he is risen, take on their full significance, meaning, and power. And here's what that meaning and power and significance are for us. He is risen means that God loves you. To say that Jesus is risen means that God forgives you. When we say Christ is risen, it also means that the Lord 
wants you. We're going to reflect on those things this morning. Jesus died, you see, because God loves you. God did what was necessary to demonstrate to you the depth of his love. God loves you not because your record is spotless, not because you've done such a great job with all of your relationships and responsibilities. I know I haven't. And God loves you not because you haven't made your share of mistakes. God loves you and God loves me because that's his very nature. God is love. Perfect, eternal, costly, unconditional love. And you see, this is why Jesus was willing to die for you in your place and in my own. You think about this. You and I will do extraordinary things. People have done heroic things to protect those they love. I've heard moms and dads, older brothers and sisters, saying they would go to any expense, even death itself, in order to protect and shield their children, their younger siblings. And why would a person do such a thing were it not for love? And it is love that put Jesus on the cross. You cannot celebrate Easter without celebrating the fact, the eternal truth, that God is love and that God loves you. He is risen means that God forgives you. The love we celebrate this morning is a forgiving love, a merciful love. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died the death we deserve. Jesus paid the price for all our mistakes, all our poor decisions, all our selfish actions. Our Lord did not go the way of an ugly, forsaken cross because we're such an adorable, irresistible bunch of people. He went the way of the cross and spilled his blood because every single one of us is in need. We're in desperate need of being cleansed. And that's one of the ways that the word of God talks about the blood of Christ. It is a forgiving blood, a life-giving blood, a blood that we shall share this morning in the Holy Sacrament that has the power to make even the foulest absolutely clean. Now, here at Faith Lutheran, uh, we tell it like it is. Um, We don't sugarcoat things. We're all about truth. And since it's Easter, um, let's just be honest with ourselves. There's going to be a whole bunch of people in houses of worship and even here today who aren't necessarily here the other 51 Sundays of the year. Am I right? And I'm not saying that to put anyone down. I want to tell you how glad and thankful the members of this congregation are that you are here if you're not ordinarily in a house of worship. And I don't know, I don't know you. I don't know what brings you here for this one special day and might keep you away the rest of the time. But I want you to know something and I want you to take this with you that you are loved and forgiven because of Jesus Christ. You are loved and you are forgiven and you are in good company in this congregation because all of us are in equal need of mercy because every last one of us is a sinner. I know I am. And God's grace and God's mercy and the gift of Jesus is my only hope. So if perchance some secret guilt, some 
old shame about your past has been hounding you for too long, if you haven't been able to shake it loose on your own, oh, you've come to the right place. Because Jesus wants you to leave your guilt, your shame, and and all your regrets at the foot of the cross this morning, here at the altar, because he loves you and because his blood has power. Don't think you're coming up this morning for a little memorial, a little reenactment, or a little snack. You're coming to receive Jesus, and Jesus wants all of you, and he wants you forever, and he wants to set you free from your past and from the power of sin. And finally, Jesus is risen indeed means that God wants you. How do we know this? So in Matthew's gospel, you heard the first ten verses. Jesus is raised from the dead. And then what does he do? He says to the women, you go tell my brothers. Interesting that they weren't there, but the women were, huh? The gospels tell us the disciples were hiding. And it was the women who went to the tomb. But he tells those women, you go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. And what does he tell those disciples in Galilee? You now go and make disciples of all the nations, every tribe, every tongue. You go out there to all the people. It's right there at the end of Matthew's gospel. You can read it for yourself. To be a disciple is to be alive in Christ. It's being part of God's family. And and we call that family the church. It's not an institution. It's not a club. It's not a hierarchy. It's not a business. But it is a fellowship of love in which all are called by name, and that includes you, where all stand in equal need of grace, where all are forgiven and recipients of the same mercy. God wants you, if you do not yet already, to belong to his family. He proved that by the death and resurrection of his son. God wants you. You would do anything to protect those you love. I imagine you'd pay any price, make any sacrifice. So would God. So has God. He has died to protect you from eternal death. And he raised Jesus so you could share in his glory and his eternity. So as you think about the meaning of this day, as you celebrate Easter... You can claim these promises for yourself. You can say them with confidence and courage. There are only three little words, short statements really, but they just might be the most important things you ever know about yourself and that you ever know about your Father in heaven. So I ask you to say them with me. Repeat after me. God loves me. God forgives me. And God wants me. Those are words that you can trust Those are words that you can tuck away in your hearts. Those are words to live by. They are faithful and true. All because he is risen and all the vault of heaven resounds.